Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out here today. I am very excited because we have uh, Matt joining us again, Zach joining us again, and a brand new Marcus Torgensen. I keep pointing the wrong way because you guys like the screen is reversed, but I don't know. Um, to talk about Today, we're going to be going into emotional intimacy and loneliness, which I think is something that men struggle with, uh, especially uh, across the board. Uh, before I get into that, I want to hit across uh, a couple of my parameters. And while I'm doing my parameters, uh, my spiel, by all means, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, you'll get your little email. Um, now, first off, none of us are doctors. I'm pretty sure. At least, Mark, you're not a doctor. <laughs> Matt, you're not a doctor. Okay, so none of us are doctors, none of us are medical professionals in any way. Anything we do talk about, uh, it's coming from our own experience and things we've heard or dealt with. And uh, <clears throat> so if you are experiencing any sort of distress or getting triggered or anything about what we're talking about, by all means, bounce out. Talk to a doc, talk to a friend, talk to somebody that you trust and can manage. June is Men's Mental Health Month, so we are going to be talking about different facets of men's mental health throughout this month, as we have been, and we are going to continue to throughout uh, today and tomorrow in the next few days. And I'm excited to carry on the show. Oh, 90 seconds. <laughs> Nailed it. Get anything? I don't think so. Did I forget something? Yeah, you did. What did I forget? Uh, so, Marcus, what we do over here is we try to hold each other accountable, even on the snippiest of little snips. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just to, you know, level up. So, uh, when the intro started, you went straight into it. You did. did not delay two seconds because then your your volume was destabilized. So, <clears throat> Raj. Okay. So you actually were two seconds over. I was two seconds over, and I actually just remembered something I forgot. Also, Click is it that up. if anybody has any questions or comments, by all means, put them in the comment section here. We throw them all up. Uh, we're not throw them. All up. We read them, and I put, <laughs> I put them on the screen uh, like this. Satch. Good morning. How's it going? Good to see you. Um, and if you have anything else, by all means, throw it up there. Any comments, we will get them up and discuss them. Now, any thoughts or questions or anything before we get into our topic today? Are we good? All right. Yeah, I think we're good. Let's hit Char, it. Right. I like your shirt. Looks good. Thanks, man. <laughs> I uh, It's still covered in sweat and dirt from uh, the single track about 15 minutes ago. Nice I, nice. I splashed some water on my face and then just got right after it into the potty. Uh, I, I don't mind uh, establishing at least one part of the topic today, which is loneliness. Uh, so I'm just going to read something that I had about 12 seconds to type uh, out and define rapidly. So loneliness is a complex and subjective emotional state that arises from a perceived discrepancy between an individual's desired and actual social relationships and connections. It is often characterized by feelings of isolation, emptiness, and a lack of meaningful social interaction and companionship. Loneliness can occur regardless of a person's actual social circumstances. While it is commonly associated with physical isolation or a lack of social contact, loneliness can also be experienced even in the presence of others. If the individual does not feel understood, accepted, or emotionally connected to those around them, and it continues on with the definition, etc. And so really, one of the aspects that I think we have to touch on today in respect to loneliness is the delta or the difference between people who are lonely all by themselves and people who are lonely in big crowds when they shouldn't be feeling lonely per se. So mm -hmm. certainly there are 
instances where uh, an individual can be lonely or not, depending on who they are surrounded by or not. Uh, is that fair to say uh, to begin with? I think that's a great start off. Well, let's start off with that question then. The difference between solitude and loneliness, I think, is what we're getting at. Mm -hmm. Anybody got any thoughts on that right off the bat? Yeah, and, and I'll just throw in my two cents because I did uh, state this in my live IG chat uh, earlier this morning. And it is uh, it was in reference to the podcast. And I can't even remember what we were talking about, buddy. Uh, but it was with Mark Ormrod and with uh, the Slavage, Seb Lavoie. And, uh, and I think maybe it was Seb that made the note of, because I said, I, I'm totally comfortable in my skin. I don't know if it was because I was an army sniper or a special operations sniper or a pathfinder. I don't even know why or how or when it happened. But you, can, you could all disappear right now. And I'd be bummed if I was the only person on the planet. But I'd be quite comfortable with it. Uh, it I, I would be bummed, of course. But I wouldn't, like it wouldn't tear me apart or it wouldn't be catastrophic. I'm comfortable in solitude. I'm comfortable around people. I don't feel lonely. And so uh, I stated that, Seb stated that, and Mark Ormrod stated that. All three of us in complete agreement of we just don't need people around us. We're happy in our own skin, irrespective of people. And, uh, and I think it was Seb that made note that that's quite rare to have three people in one room who all state that based on the lives that we've led. And, uh, and so he, he felt it was notable and it was, uh, subsequently I then took a little sniff around and he's kind of right. It is not common to be really, really comfortable in your own skin for whatever reason. And so, um, maybe that's part of something that we'll talk about today. I think so. Sean, uh, with that, just adding to that, um, do you think that's a learned skill or do you think that's an inherent natural, uh, development of a person? Because the three individuals that I don't, I didn't see your IG this morning, but the three individuals that you were talking to that about, they, again, your special force, we're special forces. Um, I, I think police force, army were the other two. Yes, yeah, Seb, Seb, yeah. RCMP, ERT yeah. uh, leader, and uh, Mark was uh, Commando, Royal Marine, and yeah. uh, et cetera. And so the, you know, reasonably uh, notable careers, but not, I, I wouldn't go so far to say that was the reason. I, I think it's just, I've thought about it a lot, buddy. I wish I could give you a straight up solid answer, but I can't. My my general opinion is this. I think it's a combination of many factors. Uh, certainly uh, from the time I was a young boy, when we moved uh, from England to Canada at the age of 10, I just went out in the bush and hunted and fished a lot by myself because, you know, that's what we did back in the day in a small mountain town. And I felt comfortable doing it. And over a period of years, I, I was just comfortable walking around in the world without anyone next to me. And then of course my military career reinforced that and all of my up subsequent careers reinforced that, but I still feel it it's inside of me. I feel that I was born that way yeah. and, and I feel it was reinforced through the uh, career paths that I took and, uh, and, and reinforced in the sense of obligated in certain respects as a sniper. I mean, you just got to do everything by yourself to some degree. So I don't know. I think it's a combination of both, Matt. Matt and yeah. I wish I could tease out the details to say, uh, well, the, the the magic solution to get good with loneliness is step one, two, and three. But I don't think step one, two, and three exists. No, I agree. I don't think it is something like that either. But that's a good point that you brought up. That is, it like I, I would love to be able to like dive into that and and see if the career paths or how <clears throat> your life and other people's lives developed in loneliness. 
like especially with the military, the RCMP, things where you have to be super independent, right? Um, I wonder if that was actually had a lot to do with upbringing because I was the same way. Like when I was growing up, I was in the back 40. My closest neighbor was two kilometers away and that was an 80 year old. Uh, so me, literally it was me running around trails in the bush chasing deer. Um, and then I went into military and then that's like the same thing. Like you're part of that team, part of that group, but you're also supposed to be super independent and act on your own. So that's interesting that, you know, I wonder if it is a combination of the two aspects. Yeah, and and, and I think it is. And and one of the reasons I put up my Instagram post this morning, which uh, you, you might, may not have seen, it was just a photo of me. I've never put that photo out before first timer. So uh, I was laying on my back and I was trying to pull off my ghillie pants, my sniper ghillie pants still had my ghillie suit on and uh I, I won't describe what we were doing at that time but the reason i was stripping off my ghillie suit pants is to strip down into my stealth gear so that i could in stealth insert into a target building so from sniper to stealth insertion um that's those are levels man those yeah. are levels that i didn't understood existed when i was in high school and so the reason I put up that post is because I watched a uh, uh, graduation ceremony over this weekend. Of course, our youngest son just graduated grade 12 uh, into rural pre-med. And, and as he was walking down the carpet, I noted the difference between how he was confidently and calmly walking down that red carpet moment versus a kid with, a, 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 to make an extreme comparison, a kid who was strutting down the red carpet like he was Matthew McConaughey. I swear he was adjusting his sunglasses every three all seconds. Right, right. He was, he was all right, all right. He was just strutting his way down, <laughs> levitating down the gray or the red carpet. And at one point he stopped and I won't do it, but he flipped the double birds to the entire crowd as if like he was a double Oscar winner. And yeah. so I looked at that young man walk by and I thought, bro, you are going to get a really rude awakening. And as I considered that young fella and watching him all weekend, that's, that was, that's his gig. That's how he's flaring out. He thinks that he's got it all sorted out right now. And I wondered, why is that? How is that? Did his parents, did he, did society fail him or what was it? And so I made some social commentary on that, but I'll get back to my point. The fact remains that until you start doing hard things or you start understanding that there's levels to the game, you, you get to be Matthew McConaughey in your head. And if you and, and if you pretend that you're Matthew McConaughey long enough, you get to walk around the world without meeting people because you think you are the people, you are the man, you are it, you've accomplished everything. There's no need mm -hmm. to interact. And I just think that that's a rapid, uh, a rapid way to lose sight of how to do life properly. I agree. Marcus, yeah. you got any thoughts on it? Well, I, I'm just listening to upbringings and then obviously i'm thinking about my own upbringing and you know i didn't have a lot of friends but you know as an adult like i'm only going to speak as an adult now that uh loneliness is a choice in in many aspects and and uh, the confidence of being in one's skin only happens when you've come to terms with the fact that you're not comfortable in your skin and doing active things to change that. And uh, the, I'm, I'm not surprised that there's many people on here, the ones I'm talking to, plus Seb and, and, and others uh, that are comfortable being alone because you're okay. You don't need, you don't need outside stimulation. You don't need approval of others to, to 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 make or break your day uh but i think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that the people on here right now and others that you've mentioned in the past 
have gone through certain tribulations to being okay by themselves and on their own and not in a negative way. There's a lot of people who will self-isolate because I don't need human being, human interaction. I can do everything by myself, but that's not necessarily a positive uh, way of, of self-isolation. I'm getting the impression Sean could definitely be by himself, but he also appreciates being around his family. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's a need to be by yourselves and there's an appreciation of being by yourself. And I think that just comes through through trials and tribulations and appreciation of of where you've come from to where you're going to be, if that makes any sense whatsoever. 100 <clears throat> percent. Yeah. Zach, you got any thoughts? Where do I start with those thoughts? <laughs> At the beginning. Right. Start there. Yeah. No, I'm with you guys on all of this. I think w the one thing is, yeah, for myself, I can say is it was the ego, you know, similar to what you said, Sean, that one guy strutting, thinking he's got it made. Um, until you fall a few times, you realize, holy shit, hey. sorry, <laughs> holy smokes, you have a lot of things to learn in life. And, and uh, you know, you got to start, um, but you got to take that accountability. No one's going to do it for you. I think some of the greatest lessons I've learned have been in darkness, mm. being alone. I used to run away from myself um, constantly out, whether it's at the bar, whether it's just meeting friends. And let's just say this, friends, mm -hmm. because where are they today? Right? So things change. You grow. Not saying they were bad. You just need to get better for you and be a better you for you. And um, I think as you start leveling up in life, it's a interpersonal, yet it's an intrapersonal journey. So oftentimes we're looking at um, the external factors. What more things can I get out of life in terms of materialistically um, from our partners, whomever? But it, it starts with us. You know, we've heard that phrase, you got to put the oxygen mask on before you help the other person out. And I think mm -hmm. it's, so true yeah any other uh shiny got something yeah I'd, now i'd like to draw a comparison between um comfortable in my own skin or comfortable with loneliness and uh, uh emotional insensitivity and so um i i have loneliness locked down hard i i love it it's it's good i'm i'm totally good with it but in so doing, it makes me not great at sensitivity to uh, other people's sensitive emotions. Like if you're really sensitive, you, you probably shouldn't hang around with me because I'm not that emotional sensitive to your sensitivities. I get it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I've been told that I'm empathic in the sense of I, I get an instant read on someone and I know where they're at in their emotions instantly and, and I'm I'm told I'm good at it, but if I'm good at it, that's one thing. That doesn't mean that I'm going to then uh, turn into the Dalai Lama. I'm just not. I am who I am. I, I understand the person in front of me, but I can be insensitive at times because I'm kind of hard. And so my, my comfortableness in myself and my comfortableness in being around others doesn't cause me to uh, look at someone who's supposed to be all large and in charge and delicately tiptoe around the subject as if I'm supposed to give them so much respect 
that we can't talk about the meat and potatoes of how they can do things better. So I've, I've always been a little emotional, insensitive in these moments. And so it's something that I've got to do better. So I'm, I'm drawing the comparison between I'm good at loneliness. I'm not that great at emotional sensitivity if the person's really sensitive. But that's the art of mastering ourselves. So, yeah. Sean, I, I have maybe more high on the EQ side than yourself. But, you know, I learn from you and vice versa, you know, and this yeah. is the part of that we as humans, the more we open up, the more we grow and uh, learn from one another. So it, it's been an, an honor to learn from you. So thank you for that. Dude, it's, it's, a, it's a two-way street, of course. Yeah. Now, I do want to point out one thing. <clears throat> Sean, you're using the term loneliness, but I think really what you're talking about is solitude. Like you're perfectly calm in solitude in terms of, because... I, do you actually feel lonely when you're in solitude? No, but uh, I, I understand the difference between solitude and loneliness. Yeah. But if loneliness was to creep in somehow, I'm totally comfortable with it. Like, I just never feel lonely. So mm. I am in solitude, or I might be in this moment hanging out with you guys, or I could be in the biggest freak show circus in the world, standing right in the middle of it, surrounded by the hordes. And I still would be quite comfortable in the solitude of the moment mm -hmm. uh, and not feeling lonely or feeling lonely or anything. I, I just manage my space irrespective of what's going on around me. Can I ask you something, gents? Has there ever been a moment where you've been in a room and you felt alone? Yeah. Like you but just don't fit yeah. in. You just don't <laughs> belong there. There's something off. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Yeah, 100%. So I kind of ex-military 25 years, you know, grew up in backs, backwards Ontario, right? Uh, but now I'm working in a, in a in a college here at Nate in Edmonton, right? And I'm surrounded by 18, 25-year-olds, right? And I will, I will get in. I have my own way of doing things because, you know, I'm 48 and... I feel alone half the time because I'm working with people who are not of my age, who don't have the same values of me and don't have the same life experience in that regards. Yeah. So I, I can't really talk to them like this with you guys, because we have a different type of conversation. And I, I do feel like I am by myself a good chunk right. of the time at work. Well, Matt, how, how come you and I can relate? How come I can relate to individuals from the military or first responders, never been in any of that, None yeah. of my family members have, but how come that happens? Why do you think that is? Well, first off, this is the first interaction that we have, right? So we are actually very focused on a very solid topic, right? So we are both interacting with the topic together versus interacting as a more um, social matter, right? Who knows? Like maybe if we ever met together, I we wouldn't click, right? That might be just a thing. But right now we're actually focused on a subject and that's a different thing. That's kind of the mindset of, we're getting on this, right? Um, but when you when you work with a person or you're with a person, I don't want to say even with, with a relationship because my last relationship was I was I, I was lonely in my last relationship with my ex. Um, <clears throat> we we started out great, we had a good values, but at, as we went through the years, values changed and we couldn't relate and not, we couldn't follow through. And so, like there was every there was times I would go home and I would be like, Hey, yeah, I'm here with my dogs. I got this beautiful woman beside me and I am lonely as sin. Like I, 
I don't even want to come in the house at times, right? So, um, yeah, do you think it's someone else? Like that's an external factor or do you think it's within ourselves? Like you are needing a higher purpose, a, a being of existence, of yeah. who you are. Yeah. I I'll take that on both sides with the relationship that failed. Yes. That was what you were saying that it was more of an internal, more of the evolution side of the house than one person couldn't keep up and the other one just had to get going. Right. Um, when it comes in the workplace, it's it's uh, life experiences and just a difference of, well, experience, right? So I think it's, <clears throat> I keep on coming back to this whole, it's it's a learned thing, a learned thing for loneliness, right? And I think that's, for me, that's what it was. And to get back, with, with, back to Sean, <clears throat> my loneliness turned into solitude. Right. Mm -hmm. I learned to be comfortable, lonely, and that loneliness turned into solitude. And I'm happy by myself 99% of the time now. And even with I'm with other people, like I am still on my own path. I am still on my own direction. I'll bring you with me if you if you want to keep up. But I'm on my own path. Right. So it's again, it sounds not emotional or, you know, very rigid, but that solitude, that aloneness is actually provided and proved to be very valuable for me. But it was a learned skill, right? It was something I had to learn. I had to turn loneliness into aloneness to make it function for me. Marcus or Sean, you got any thoughts? I, I do just have a little, I have to rejig my earlier comments based on what Matt just said, because he defined it a little bit tighter than I did. So I have to reshape my language in the sense that uh, I'm totally comfortable alone. So I'm comfortable in, in solitude, etc. But in, to Matt's point, in groups where I'm standing in a room and I'm looking around, sometimes I think this, um, I'm in a room of normal people. And I know that sounds terrible. I know I'm such a bad dude for thinking that, but I just, my life has just been a bit different than most people. And as I look around, it's predictable lifestyles with predictable outcomes. And that's awesome, man. Like there, let's, let's just get it out of the way. You're all better people than I am in that moment so that we don't have to qualify. I rock, you suck. I suck, you rock, whatever. I just look at a room sometimes and I think normal people. And you don't understand me. And I sometimes I barely understand y'all. And sometimes I just don't want to understand the room because that room is 10,000 rooms before it that I've stood in and looked around and thought, man, I'm the only dude in here who has seen the things I've seen or done the things I've done or lived the life I've lived. And somehow I feel a little apart or a little disconnected from the group without feeling like, the, the, the line between us has snapped. I'm still part of it, but I'm standing off to the side, observing it, sometimes shaking my head, sometimes shrugging my shoulders, sometimes rolling my eyes, sometimes realizing that I have shortcomings. Lots of self-reflection in those moments. When you can be comfortable in the solitude of a group, it's sometimes how I've done my best self-reflection to understand I need to pick up my pace by saying that I don't connect with the people in the room because they're normies for lack of a better term. Uh, that, that moment has been some of my greatest breakthroughs in Sean, you're sucking right now. You loser. 
you got to like pick up your pace. You've got to understand that the normies in front of you are actually crushing it in this, this, and this area far better than I ever have. And I better pull up my socks and get to work on that, that, and that area. Even if I don't vibe with them, even if they don't understand me and I barely understand them, I can recognize in a group as I'm standing there in solitude, the opportunities standing in front of me as I view them through my solitary ways. Yeah, and see, that's the difference. There's ignorance, right? So you could be ignorant about it and say, well, I'm better than them or whatever you want to say. But you're saying, here's an opportunity for me to grow and learn. And I think it's it, that's a journey on its own. To sure learn is. that skill, that's yeah. a skill. Because yeah. you could just say, well, I don't jive with Matt, for example, in person. So that's it. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're yeah. human beings, right? Being the key word. We've got to learn from one another. That's how we get better. Yeah, 100%. Marcus, you got any thoughts on uh, anything we've got? Well, I... <laughs> I'm... I, I take a very simplistic uh, approach to pretty much every aspect of my life. And since everybody on here and on planet Earth all bleeds, craps, and cries the exact same way, uh, it's not hard for me to find some type of uh, commonality with somebody, regardless of what they've done in their past or what have you, considering that every single person is... is, is uh, in, a screw up in some way, shape or form. What is it? We're all a villain in somebody's, uh, in somebody's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm in a group and, and I, I talk for a living, that's what I do. So to be in a room filled with strangers and have perception of nothing in common, like I'm, I'm talking, I've got these, all you gentlemen here, and I don't even know what I would say I have in common per se with you, except for the fact that we're all Canadian uh, and, and backgrounds are, are probably, incredibly different so instead of worrying i don't worry about what's different i just look at what's what's similar and what's similar is we all bleed crap and cry the same that immediately negates any kind of uh, i have nothing in common with this person and the challenge for me or the 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 cool part for me is to find out what is it about your your history or what about your person now that that i can get some something to chew on and everybody's got something that's interesting. Some people just like, you got to dig a little deeper to get to the interesting stuff because people are usually, you know, the introverts are, you know, they don't want to talk about themselves or want to talk about anything. So you just have to ask probing questions, which may seem like an interrogation at times. However, uh, if the intent behind it is because I just want to know you and what you got going on, um, that's where the fascination comes in with being in and I'm, I'm going with groups just because Sean was talking about being in a in a in a, a setting filled with people or a school setting with and I'll admit at my age 54 being around a bunch of 18 or 20 year olds can be a challenge of my patients because it's difficult for me to find relatabilities without I, I have to not live in the past. I can't be like, well, when I was 20, we did this. I, I have to let go of that and be like, okay, so you're 20 and you have, what do you have to offer this conversation? And I'm sure everybody on here will say, well, we got about a five minute window there. We got about five minutes of hearing what they have to say before I'm going to lose interest. Because for the most part, there is a huge gap in our generation, or at least my generation and this generation that's now. And I'm done talking. Yeah. <laughs> it actually goes, 
it goes into what, what I actually want to get into next here quite well. I'm going to hit a couple comments though, because there's some great ones here. Um, any other thoughts before I jump into those though? Yes. I, I, I am obligated to build up of what Marcus just said, which was awesome. And so it's this. Marcus is in a position, perhaps, and I don't know your background, buddy, so my apologies, but you said that you're a public speaker and uh, you are comfortable talking to groups or individuals, etc. Mm. Good. Uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, I am not a public speaker, and uh, I, I though I have talked to lots of large groups, I don't care for it, though I will do it for the right reasons. I'd just mm -hmm. rather slide back into the shadows and just be left alone. But here I am talking to people. Now, here's an important distinction. I love these kind of conversations. I love them. I do these all day long. But these kind of conversations aren't the conversations that typically happen in most rooms. Right. I walk into a room and I stand in the middle of the room and own my space. And I look around and I know that this conversation we're having right now will never happen. Yeah. What someone will do is walk up to me and say, hi, I've uh, never met you. Uh, what's your name? My name's Sean. What's your name? Bill. Hi, Bill. Pleased to meet you. What do you do, Sean? Uh, mm. Not much. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Bill? Oh, I, I, I sharpen crayons. Cool. Right. So, you know, I can have those conversations all day long. Right. They are not fascinating, but I can do them all day long. Mm. These are the kind of conversations that fascinate me. But these aren't the type of conversations that your standard issue 18-year-old walks up to on a 60-year-old like me and then just starts wisdomly like chirping. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Not and so, so if, you're, if you're an individual who is not a public speaker and you do have a wealth of life experience and you find yourself in that room and you're looking around at, I'll call them normies, and you're trying to figure out how do I interact with these people to gain wisdom from them and inject wisdom the other way. Mm -hmm. How do I find a common ground? Uh, do we talk about your dog? Do we talk about, you know, it's my job to find those common grounds, but bro, like 10,000 times in a row, I've got to start a conversation with, that's a nice dog you've got there. What's your name? And they're things that don't interest me. I'm not a talk about the weather guy. Mm -hmm. And so um, I love these kind of conversations here on the collective. Because, again, I don't need to know anything about you. We just need to get right to the subject at hand at a deeper mm -hmm. level. Now mm -hmm. we're interacting. Does that make sense? Of course. And I, But remember that most of society can't have deep conversations because they it, it frightens them about the intimacy of having to be vocal about, I might sound stupid if I say something. And so we're going to keep it superficial because then I can always cover my uh, astronomical... <laughs> yeah. that's on, the one uh, word you can say on here yes. um but but it's just out of fear that they don't want to have the conversations now i don't if i didn't know anything about sean and and we were talking i'm like hey what's going on what are you doing uh and sean's like ah, what do you do for a living ah nothing okay obviously i've been around my share of military guys that's the standard answer good okay well we're not going to get into that we're going to talk about hey sean man i love that acdc shirt dude seriously i love the band uh, I'm curious, you know, start something. Now, if, if Sean uh, doesn't engage, then okay, cool. Now, if it becomes superficial, he's like, yeah, you know, and it's just stuff that I'm like, oh my God, is, how, is this going to be over soon? <laughs> Which happens a lot. It does. Uh, it's, it's, it's really about, what, first of all, why am I in that room? 
Like that's, that's the main thing. What am I doing in this room? I'm here with my wife. I'm here with my kids. I got to be here because it's my job. Well, now it becomes the game of how can I entertain myself to the best of my ability and, and, and still have some, get something of value from it. Or maybe I'm supposed to give something of value being, being, how old did you say you were Sean? Uh, 60, 60. So 60 and, and let's go even late mid twenties, right? Mid twenties of this day. It is extremely difficult to find somebody that you can engage in a conversation with, with any kind of depth <laughs> without pulling your hair or their hair out of their heads. But, and, and, and again, I'm just going to go circle right back before we get off track here is why am I in the room? What, what am I doing here? If I have to be here under an obligation, well then, yeah, I'm going to sit by the, the closest table near the window and entertain myself staring and watching people. But if I'm there to be with my kid and he's, I don't know, I, because you said graduation, all of a sudden I just pictured a whole room filled of, 18 or 19 year olds at a graduation. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. That's that's a whole different day. And then what are you doing now? I don't even know Sean, but Sean, how much how much people watching did you do during that whole thing? Uh how many hours are there in a day? Yeah. There isn't right? a millisecond so, that I'm not observing. <laughs> right. Now, so the only difference between somebody who people watches and 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 just takes observations, and then you'll look at people who have interactions with others where they're diving into the conversation. The truth is, is that most people can't have deep conversations, which I think we've already dealt with. Mm -hmm. So how do I have a deep conversation with somebody who has superficial com conversations? There's the question that I, if anybody wants to come up with a great answer to that I'll be happy that this is recorded. So I here's can my answer. I don't. And I'll tell you why Marcus and, and you're probably getting close to the realization. If not, then you've already had it. Uh, TikTok, John Wick. Tick tock. Yeah. yeah. The clock yeah. is ticking. And yeah. every second that slips by is a second you don't get back. And the older you get, the more you realize that. And I realize mm -hmm. it to such a degree right now that I don't waste my time. If yeah. I am if I'm in a place, I'm using my time wisely. That doesn't mean that I gotta talk to anyone or mm -hmm. or or even look at anyone. I can mm -hmm. look at the ceiling for an hour and and I'm gaining something from it because I realize every second matters so i use yeah. my time wisely but if i'm interacting with someone i don't care i don't care what band you listen to bro unless that's all we can talk about right and if that's all we can talk about i'll i'll probably within a minute or two understand what your favorite song is and then i'll it'll be okay i'll catch you later and we'll right. never talk again because mm -hmm. i just don't have the time Mm -hmm. But if at some point while you're describing your favorite band and your favorite song, I think, ooh, that interests me. Mm -hmm. This yeah. would be good for both of us. Mm -hmm. Then I'll engage. Yeah. But there just isn't enough time anymore for me mm -hmm. to waste time not using my time. Right. That's a great point. <clears throat> uh, any other thoughts before I jump into the next section here? Okay, we got uh, a couple great comments. Doc C is in the house watching. He says, uh, in therapy, a poignant moment of loneliness is, is during certain times like Sundays, holidays, Christmas, called situational loneliness, which is something that is more based around the uh, the, the holiday or the time period the, or a memory of that time period at some point. Um, he says, I meant the clients felt situational, lonely, situational loneliness many times. And so that is those it's an accurate thing to be brought up. And I think it's also something to be aware of in that 
situational loneliness is also different from a generalized feeling of loneliness as well. So mm, that's and, something to and, be aware of. And situational aware or situational loneliness is a result of emotional state. Yes, 100%. I mean, whether you're there's someone there with you or there's a thousand people around you, that's all up in your emotions. Uh, whether it's at Christmas time, there's someone there or not, that's emotional. But I'll tell you where situational loneliness is for reals. When you're laying in the middle of a swamp, staring through a 10 power for a few days all by yourself, that is literal aloneness. That is situationally alone. And until you, until you have to be really alone uh, to context against the emotional sense of alone, well, guess what? Those are two different things. Well, like we say pretty regularly, uh, like you say pretty regularly on here, it's uh, you got to push yourself to those limits to see what see what the limits are before you can even say one thing is possible or not. Or yeah, if you really want to, if you want to engage in something like that. Um, now, I want to hit this. We've talked about loneliness quite a bit. I think we've covered ground on it quite well. But I want to get into emotional intimacy because I think that's a big thing that especially men we don't do well. So I'm going to give a quick dem, uh, definition on it, and then we're going to carry on to the conversation. So it says, emotional intimacy is an aspect of interpersonal, interpersonal relationships that foster trust and a profound sense of security within a relationship. It involves a perception of closeness to another, sharing of personal feelings and personal validation. When you are emotionally intimate with your spouse, you may feel as if you can see into the other soul, knowing their hopes, dreams, and fears, and understanding them at a deep level. Emotional intimacy can vary in intensity from one relationship to another and varies from one time to another, much like physical intimacy. Um, and the reason I, I really like that definition was the fact that I think a lot of times we hear the word intimacy and we think of physical intimacy versus the emotional intimacy is exactly what we're doing here. <laughs> we are being emotionally intimate with one another in the fact that we are being open, we're being honest, and we're having these discussions from a place of humility, I think, at the core of it, is that we're all open to the discussion. Any, um, any thoughts on the definition or anything uh, popping up to the top of your guys' head on that? Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll uh, throw in my two cents to kick it off. Uh, where I best learned emotional intimacy is through the physical intimacy of BJJ. So mm -hmm. whatever level I was at, let's say I was level two out of 10 on this subject. Uh, after eight years on the BJJ mats, my level is maybe a seven out of 10. Because through the physical intimacy of, like, listen, unless you've done BJJ, you haven't hugged as many guys as I have. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Uh, you hug a lot of guys all the time. It, it Initially, it's uncomfortable how comfortable you've got to get with other guys. And so uh, through that intimacy of the fighting art, you start to develop a greater sense of emotional sensitivity to the person that you're connected to in that moment. You become, I feel, a lot better at engaging in the intimacy of physicality and emotionality co-joined, which I have found to be the most powerful antidote for men. Hmm. Anybody else got any thoughts on that? Well, 
Uh, sorry, I, for me, sorry, not just yep. for me. I'm not saying that it's the number one in the world and y'all are number yep. two now in whatever you say. Right. Just saying for me. <laughs> um, emotional intimacy, intimacy in general, whether it's emotional or physical, many people uh, have a difficulty with it because of fear, right? We have fear of rejection, fear of ridicule, whatever. Um, so you can't really be intimate with somebody unless you're willing to take uh, a, a, a leap of off the a leap of faith or a leap of, I'm going to give this a shot. And I'm, I'm hoping that as a result, I don't have, it doesn't blow back in my face. And then all of a sudden it does blow back in your face enough times. And then you just shut down and say, well, I don't want to be hurt anymore. Uh, when you're speaking, especially with the young people that we have right now, um, everything is so digitalized that it's difficult to get, um, I don't want to say, uh, there's a big difference when you're sitting face to face with someone and you don't have, like when you're texting, you have a moment to pause. Am I going to write the right answer? I can say the right things. I can search for the answer so I don't look stupid. But when you're engaging with somebody face to face or uh, even like this right now, it's, it's a sense of I'm I'm being completely open in how I am. Now I do that because I'm not afraid of any of you gentlemen coming back and lashing out at me uh, in a negative. I, if there's something I'm saying that is incorrect or I'm going to be corrected on because I was incorrect on something, I look at it as an opportunity to learn and to to be educated. That comes from a security of I've I've made a a, a fool of myself in the past and. You know, I didn't like that feeling at all. However, it's the only way I'm going to learn is by trust and and not living in fear. And that, I think that's a, the hardest thing for most men to understand is because we're told at a young age, you know, uh, real men don't cry, all the, just all the garbage that we're culturally told. And it doesn't matter what culture it is, men in general are raised a, a specific way. And we're trying to change that. And intimacy, I think, being okay with intimacy, in my opinion, uh, is the first step to that, not living in fear. Yeah, I like that. Matt or Zach, you got anything? Matt, I'm going to throw you on. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to throw Zach on. But, um, <laughs> I, so when it comes to like relationships, my thoughts on this is, for relationships and intimacy and you were kind of mentioning at the beginning how men kind of struggle with that emotional intimacy in a partner right mm -hmm. uh, and i'm assuming we're talking about a female partner to a male partner could um, be both. it could be both but i'm going to address this one as i know it as a male to a female right um correct me if i'm wrong if you guys want to jump in on that but um women are more nurturers men's are more protectors right that's kind of how our brains are kind of wired a little bit um, in my thinking with the intimacy, it's not that we're not intimacy or not intimate with our female partner is that there's just a miscommunication, right? They're thinking like, I want to be nurtured. I want to be, I need this emotional help. I need, you know, to have my back to trust me and all that stuff. When, uh, my partner came to me with a part a problem, my instant response was, Hey, I got to fix that. Or, Hey, how can I protect her from that? Or how can mm -hmm. I, all she wanted was a hug and me to be there with her. But I'm like, okay, we got to go crush out something because, you know, this is a problem and it's now a threat. Uh, and the whole squirrely brain starts going off, right? Um, it's just, I think it's just a different means of communication. And 
there there has to be a instead of reacting with just communicating in that regards so you have to stop set back and actually talk not in the moment but about the moment with your partner right so it's like hey i'm feeling this all i need from you is right versus hey i'm feeling this and the other person's like okay so i have to assume what i have to do to correct this yeah zachy any thoughts You know, I think one of the things is listening. Can we listen to one another? I can be speaking, but if no one is letting it come within their membranes, I don't think uh, we get anywhere. So I think with intimacy, it's about care. It's about the opportunity at hand. You know, I was at the airport earlier this week, and I was observing, and everyone's just on their phones. That's it, just looking down at their phones. Thinking we're sitting next to each other. Why can't we say hello? You know, you don't always have to. But what happened to this disconnect from strangers? So I think it's really important that we a listen to one another, another while we share with one another. That's a great point, Sean or Mark. You got anything to add on to that? Well, I would say one of the reasons that I'm less prone to engaging with absolutely everyone around me is because I've engaged with absolutely everyone around me <laughs> most of my life. And I won't say how many times I'm disappointed, but it's more than one out of 10. And, but you know, like at what point do you just stop and quit? Yeah. Well, um, I've never stopped or quitted in connecting with the people around me. What I've had to do is modify my ratio because over many decades, I've just established a pattern of my, we'll call it sense of success in those moments. And by success, I mean, it engages me and it engages the other person. And so I'd say maybe two out of 10 people interest me, maybe three out of 10, uh, depending on the time of year or where I'm at or, or my mood to some degree. Um, so I don't find 10 out of 10 people don't interest me. And I'm not going to try 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. times to engage in everyone around me. Because again, I've established I don't have enough time. But I've already patternized my sort of risk-reward ratio. If, if, if I just kept engaging with everyone in the world and always getting that disappointment seven or eight times out of 10, like when, when does it wear you down? And so I'm managing my getting worn down by the world to some degree so that I can stay positive for trajectory oriented, engaging with the people around me, wanting the best for them and then wanting the best from them for me, but not with every single person who stands next to me. If I don't know them, the people who stand next to me that I give a 10 out of 10 to are the people who've been standing next to me for more than a hot minute. Uh, but uh, for the rest of the world, I'd love to engage with it all but I don't have 8 billion minutes. That's a good point. Um, <clears throat> Dr. C's got a great point here I want to put on, and it's just, it's too perfect. Caring deeply makes you vulnerable. Things don't always go your way, but caring deeply is also key to a big, meaningful life. In that, you know, you, you can't, you don't get to experience the really awesome parts of life if you don't buy into those parts of life. And I think it's important that we, we recognize that in the fact that, yeah, sometimes you can, being emotionally intimate with somebody is going to put the walls down and it opens you up to a lot, some pain. It opens you up to some hurt. It opens you up to negativity and all kinds of things. But 
if you don't do that, you will live your life alone, not in solitude, alone, whether you have people around you or not. And and let's let's just take the intimacy, the word intimacy away from from man, woman, okay, mm-hmm. or from from who you're sexually attracted to. Yeah. For me, with my my friends, my male friends, I need to have an emotional intimacy because I need to know what they're going through so that they feel comfortable to share with me when they're in their dark times. Mm-hmm. And the only way that happens is for me to be completely transparent with my guys. Now, I take it a little bit different than maybe others. You know, I am in general in a, uh, in a, in a, mood of hey how you doing i ask questions what have you now i'm only that way because i spent the first half of my life as not a very nice person so you know the word approachable is something that i'm happy that people can say hey you know marcus you're an approachable person i like hearing that because i was unapproachable for so many decades so i'll go out of my way to say hey how you doing what's going on what's happening most people now maybe i'm Tell me I'm, I'm wrong. How many people do you talk to where they actually want to talk back to you? So having communication or a lack of communication isn't a problem. You're like, hey, how you doing? Great. And they just keep walking. Or as Zach mentioned, everybody's on their phones. Mm-hmm. So intimacy, in my opinion, needs to be, you know, being comfortable and open with myself so that I can be available for those that need me to be available. And more importantly, I want to lead by example so that when I'm around my friends and I am like, hey, I'm here for you in this way, that they will see what that it's okay to be intimate with another man, that it's okay, it's not negative, that it's positive to sit there and be available, not just in words and but in actions and in and in from from the emotional part of it, and I, I don't even like using the words emotion because it conjures up Karens and you know people acting the fool. But emotionally, I'm I'm happy I have emotions and I want to be there for the people that I'm investing time in. Because Sean's right, you know, you're you're you have limited amount of time. So who's who's worthy of of your time? I I don't have it quite the same way in my opinion is Sean and that you're, you know, you're on on a certain amount of time and I respect, I get it. I'm a little more giving of it because I was just, I, I just, I'm just walking a different path than, than that. Mm -hmm. But intimacy comes down to being really being okay with whatever negative is going to come your way. And I don't live in fear. I try my best, sorry. I try my best not to live in fear. And if I'm, and to be open and available to people, gives me 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 the opportunity to tell fear to go kick rocks and and live a more engaged lifestyle now again that's just me and i want to make sure that we're clear on that it's not uh and nobody needs to drink the (laughs) kool-aid well well uh just to just to (laughs) just to put a little bit of gasoline on that fire or as i like to say turn that rotary dial up marcus uh let's go oh it's about to go bro uh, so, okay. you know, you, you, you're trying to figure out, uh, who's worthy of your time, we'll say, or, or, um, uh, how best to spend the time that you've got on the planet to some degree. And you're using that, uh, more, if I understood you correctly, uh, you're pushing your time towards others. Uh, is that uh, the case? No, I was going in comparison to when you said that, cause we're, you're, you're a hundred percent right about how yeah. 
we have a finite amount of time on this planet and and you're very uh, cautious with how much you're going to invest in time and people will be a waste of your time. And all my 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 sentences that for myself, when I'm I'm out and about in the world that I am I'm a little more giving or forgiving of time because of the fact that uh, I know and again, I'm doing opposites to what I used to be. Right. My past, I would shut everybody away. So I'm basically just knee jerk reaction now for the rest of my years to being a lot more open to the opportunity of spending time with people, regardless of whether I know them or don't. Hmm. Okay, that's good. That's how I understood it. So now here's where I turn up the rotary dial. Cool. If if that's if you've kind of go, gone from one end to the other end where you're now focusing on giving, guess what? How much time are you giving to yourself now? Because back in the day, maybe you were giving it all to yourself. Now, maybe you're giving 90% of your time to others around you, but you've slipped in, in the sense of giving yourself enough time. And so well, okay, just, just let me oh, draw yeah, the yeah, comparison. Yeah, it's yeah. a loose, it's a loose piece of an equation. If Fair I say I've, if there's 8 billion people on the planet and I had to mm -hmm. give them a, a minute uh, per, that's mm -hmm. 8 billion minutes that I don't have. But then what about okay. me? How about I need mm -hmm. 8 billion minutes myself now we're at 16 billion minutes you see okay. how the math works well yeah. i'll give you a math equation sean how about this how about i'm not this? very good I'm... at math so no, I'm good. right the, the sniper is not good at math okay <laughs> yeah. um here's the thing i'm giving you guys time and yeah. i i got three awesome dudes here for giving me feedback and everything so i mean that's a lot, that, that's a well they're, you know, they're... You pointing at me? You're saying I'm not giving back? <laughs> no, he's already I ruled mean, me out. <laughs> see, I'm not good at math. What is this about math? I'm, I'm, I'm an engineer. I'm not good at math. Uh -huh. No, okay, four. Sorry. There we go. The screens were switched. I couldn't count. Um, it's a full. It's a multiplier. It's a multiplier, though. So if I'm giving you two minutes and you have valuable input, right? That gets multiplied up to eight. Okay. Right? Okay, you right? win. Okay. All right. I but see where you, it's going. But you are right where you it's jerk. If, I know. Right? <laughs> That's um, well played. That's good math. Nice. That's good math. Uh, even though I can't count, we're good. Um, yeah. But it, I can see your point though, where it can be a deficit too as well. If you are putting your time into someone else and they are drawing more from you than giving, right? And mm -hmm. I'm not saying like be greedy and just like find people or be with people that are actually giving you more so that you can be better, but it's a give and take. But if there if there is a negative draw, yeah, then that's that's an issue, and that's when you start got to reassess and you know go from there. Yeah. Worst part is I've, I I do believe when we're starting off the collective, one of my biggest things that I was chirping uh, between Chance and I, and, and I think Zach has heard this before. Have you ever heard me say multiplication of force, force multiplier? Force multiplier. I'm gonna yeah. force, I'm gonna force multiply this thing. And freaking Matt coming in with my own comment that I've kind of forgotten. Correcting wow. the infantry. It's interesting how that happens. Uh, anyway, I do have a great comment on here from Carl. It uh, goes to what we're exactly what we're talking about. He says, just been thinking being alone can also be taking on responsibility. I was on PLQ and I was uh, talked to by the instructors because I'd always end up doing all the work during the small party task. And I think that's what you're talking about, um, Matt, is the fact that you can just start taking it all on. You can just start like, oh, well, I need to do this for everybody else. I need to do this for everybody else. And you, and you just start giving, 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 giving without actually understanding that 
that you like you still have to be able to do stuff <laughs> right if you give yeah, out maybe that's not what they want either yeah i mean that's they, not exactly. what they need right maybe they, exactly. they needed to do those small party tasks um so they can learn and they can tell someone else to go to the smart five. but if i'm doing it all they're not learning it and it's exactly. the same thing in the kitchen now too if i'm doing the same if i'm doing someone else's recipes or prep or anything i like it they're not learning they won't be able to do it next time yeah 100 so that balance 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 is the key i think um, now we're running close on time. I want to hit a bunch more of these comments because there's a, a ton here, which I really appreciate everybody commenting. Are there any other thoughts before we dive into some of these? Good. Okay. Um, so we're going right back up to the top. Carl says, uh, loneliness is a double-edged sword. One can be so used to being alone that when they need help, they have a hard time reaching out and accepting a group or having the anxiety of not being accepted into said group, which I think is... It is a double-edged sword, um, but I think that's, the, again, the difference between solitude versus loneliness. Am I off base on that? You guys good with that one? Um, Satch says, y'all should have a swear buzzer. I'm thinking about it. I'm going to put one in here and start buzzing people out. Um, Satch says, I agree with that, Matt. I find myself quite content in my own solitude, but it's taken a few years of constant work internally to get to a point where I don't feel that lonely anymore which i think that's cool um says so i believe being okay alone is a learned skill which i agree 100 percent um dr c says language has created the word loneliness to express the pain of being alone and it has created the word solitude to express to express the glory of being alone from paul tillich i think that's a great quote have to use that well, song. I'm going to smash out some solitude today. Dang, right. Up on the single track, I imagine. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, loneliness linked to feeling socially disconnected triggers the body stress response, mimicking a stage threat and causing psychological and emotional stress-related alterations. There you go. Disconnection. Um, emotional intimacy can play a significant role in the recovery process for individuals with PTSD. I know that helped me especially. A sense of emotional connection can help create a supportive environment and promote healing. 100% on that one. I'd just like to add this to Doc C. I think he's right on the money there, but uh, uh, an added twist to this or, or a force multiplier on this uh, comment is that the individual has also got to know that what they're doing is enhancing that emotional intimacy. Yes. So what I mean is, don't tell anyone, hey, uh, BJJ uh, is going to improve your emotional intimacy. Good luck. Uh, just keep informing them of the process and why it's doing what it's doing and reinforcing the idea that every day they show up to do X, Y, and Z, the outcome is A, B, C. And so it's not just a one and done. Good luck. I hope you figure it out. Help people understand that the process reinforces the process. 100%. Um, and to that point, excellent point about BJJ and emotional intimacy <laughs> should be an episode of itself. So we'll probably set that up. Maybe Doc C and uh, Gino could come in on that one. I think it'd be good. Throw the Slavage in there as well. Ooh, and the Slavage. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Salty Jinx says, uh, solitude, love my alone time for self-evolution. And loneliness is something I get hit with around social settings and the difference at work with people who don't share common experiences. Those who haven't been deployed being a big one. Uh, and being outnumbered by those who didn't deploy that, you know, it's, yeah, that's a whole episode in and of itself dealing with uh, <laughs> the issues around deployment and coming home. And we will, you know what, I'm going to make that an episode and we're going to talk about that. Scribble for sure. it down. Yep. Writing it down right now. And, uh, but that's, 
all the comments I got. Let's go down the list and get some final thoughts. Zach, you're at the top of my list. Got final thoughts? Anything we've gone over today? No, I think we covered quite a bit today, and I appreciate all of you for the the vocalization and the time. You know, I think we're all learning and healing from one another and everyone else that's involved. So thank you. Matt, got any thoughts? Um, Marcus, I love your shirt, Batman's cool. Um, <laughs> we just touched the tip of the iceberg, really. I mean, we could keep this going on yeah. all month long. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to try. Seriously. But um, there's a lot of, and it's a lot of information that needs to be passed on. And again, we need to be open up. And I love the comment that was made is that you have to be intimate with yourself so that you can be intimate with someone else and understand their point. I think it was Marcus that said something along those lines. Um, somebody. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Um, but yeah, it's we're just touching the tip and there's so much more that we can get into. If Absolutely. We want to. 100%. Uh, Marcus? Thoughts? I, honestly, I think, uh, I think those two boys just sat there and took the words right out of my mouth. Or, uh, <laughs> nothing else that I'm going to say. It's just going to seem like a copy of what they said. So just going to go ditto and ditto. There you go. Ditto and ditto. <laughs> Sean, any final thoughts? Uh, just three words, three different words that are sometimes confused to mean the same thing. Lone, individual, alone, even if you're in a crowd or not. Loneliness, even if you're in a crowd or not. So think about lone, alone, and loneliness. They're very different things. And if you've never thought about the depth of each one, maybe you've just never really thought as to how to move out of your phase that you're in. Yeah. This is a very large mm-hmm. subject. And the reason I wanted to put them together specifically was the fact that they play into each other, right? You have to be, I can't say you have to be, you in order to remove yourself from loneliness, you have to be emotionally available and intimate, whether that be with yourself or with others. And uh, if you are not emotionally intimate with yourself or others, you will end up in a lonely state. (laughs) From my experience, that's what I've seen. Um, So as we learn how to build our emotional intimacy, as we grow, as I did it again, I screwed it up, but we're going to carry on. As we build our ability to be in solitude, we can grow into better men, better people, and uh, just do it better every day. So we'll see you all tomorrow on The Collective. Chimo. Chimo. Chimo.